Bailey and Harper, what's up, everybody? We have returned. Get with the program. Roman Harper, what's up, brother? How you been? What's up, KB? Um, I'm good, man. I can't complain. I've had a wild, action-packed last two weeks. Um, but overall, dude, I can't wait to share. And uh, let's dive in, dog. Let's, let's dive in. Episode 72. Uh, the best episode, the best athletes to ever wear 72. I might call this the Dan Deerdorf of Bailey and Harper episodes. What might you call it? Is, is that is that who you're going with? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I didn't. I did Ed Two Tall Jones. Wear I was that, so that was going to be that mine. That's who you're going to go with? I should have oh, asked, asked you. I was going with Ed oh, Two I'm Tall sorry, Jones. Bro. I mean, who didn't love him? He was kind of a movie star. He was he the was, coolest. He was the coolest. I mean, I didn't even realize he was 6'9". That's humongous. Who's 6'9"? 6'9". I thought he was just Ed too tall and he was like 6'5". I thought he was like 6'7". Yeah, yeah, yeah. 6'6", 6'7". 6'9", 271. He was a a one-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Pro Bowler, and of course he played for the Dallas Cowboys. He had 106 sacks. I didn't even know that. How about that? that, That's big time. Anytime you can reach triple digits in anything in life um, besides I guess three hundred pounds. The, the Lincoln Kennedy of episodes. Is that that's what we're a great number. That's a great call too. Lincoln Kennedy was a baller out of the University of Miami too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, let, let me see if I can squeeze one more. The Taylor Moten of episodes. <laughs> we'll keep it current right now. Panthers right tackle Taylor Moten. How about that? I mean, if if you want, I forgot you're boycotting. I was the Panthers. Like, no, no, you're boycotting. Right I'm now, like, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know, I literally thought about this earlier. Are they dead to you? They're kind of dead to me, Kyle. <laughs> Not gonna lie, they're kind of dead to me, Kyle. And I was wondering, like, is Kyle gonna come in here and talk about any of the new hires and this that? Because I gotta try and I gotta try and keep it a little bit positive of okay. thought. So I'm gonna let you talk. Whatever, you, whenever I, you want to talk have, about the Panthers, bro, we I can bring about, it up. I talk about the Panthers for three hours every day. I've, I, we don't have to talk about the Panthers. I, I just, just, I just think it's hilarious that they're dead to you right now. <laughs> they are. I'm so done with them. They yeah. are dead. To is me. that the is that the title of today's episode? The Panthers are dead to me. They're dead to me. That's oh, true. Wow. I'm admitting that. I've said that. I, I've internalized that. I've thought about it, and they're still dead to me. So for me, they're dead to me. Oh. I, I thought like maybe I would come back, like I temporarily dead to you. I mean, they got to earn my fandom back. Really, they have to earn my fandom. Look, you're in the Saints Ring of Honor, all yes. right. So I, I, I think we know that we're if if we split Roman in half, well, it wouldn't even be in half, right? We, <laughs> I think we know where that goes. But you, you have love in your heart for the Panthers, but you're stuffing it down in the trunk. You're not even going to acknowledge it for a while. It's they're dead to you. They're dead to me. I, I do, I do love the organization. I love the fans and the people here. I mean, I still live here, so it's part of who I am and it's part of my personality. It's part of like my family, but I just don't like the way they've done, you know, done business the last year and a half. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with you like they do in the movies, Kyle. I am done. All right. How and about so, that? So we're not going to talk about this all-star staff they're putting together. They hired Jim Caldwell yesterday. Th- that's what I figured the first thing you jump off is. Josh McCown is back. I mean, I know J- I Josh mean, coached at Myers Park down the street here. Yeah, because you're like, oh, he's back. I'm like, he ain't coached nowhere but a high school. That's true. That's, so, that's, I mean, that's definitely like, an I'm accurate hoping, statement. <laughs> I'm hoping it's great. I mean, May's done well. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like yeah. he has only coached in high school. Yeah. And it's fine. I'm not I'm not knocking Josh. Josh is clearly knows what he's doing. He's played in the league for a long time. And uh it should be fun to see how all this kind of un kind of like uh I guess uh kind of how it all turns out. You got three quarterback gurus 
all on the same staff. So it'll be interesting if you get one young quarterback, who does he lean on? So I got you talking about the Panthers. Sorry, my bad. I didn't No, mean to no, no, you. but it's a true statement. So if my head coach is a former quarterback, my what is Josh McCown? Quarterback's coach? Quarterback's coach. So my quarterback's coach is a former quarterback. Yep. And then um, who we just hired? Uh, Jim Caldwell. Who did y'all just hire? Jim nah. Caldwell. <laughs> Jim Caldwell. He's going to be in the stadium next year. So. <laughs> Jim Caldwell. He's another guy that everybody leans on for quarterbacks. So you got three quarterback gurus. Who do you lean on if you're the young guy? I think sometimes sometimes it may be a little too much too soon. But we'll see. And uh, They're surrounding con- whoever this is with just quarterback coaches and offensive <laughs> I think we know what they'd like to accomplish based on who they're hiring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, hey, look, sometimes, you know, um, I go to Chick-fil-A and I got to order some kids some food. Sometimes I order a 20-piece nugget. Why? I don't know. Because sometimes more is better. And that's what I feel like Carolina's getting. They know they got a really good defensive staff. They hired the, uh, the one coordinator who was up for a few jobs. And look, it's all got to fit. And at the end of the day, until you get a quarterback, it doesn't matter. You know, you'll continue to fluster and flutter out there in the middle of nowhereness in NFL, uh, an NFL schedule if you don't win oh, yeah. at no, a high rate. I just, I just think it's interesting. Like, even though the, you've got a black, dead, cold Panthers heart right now, I just think, I think it's interesting that, you know, uh, David Tepper's spending all this money on a coaching staff. Like, he really? learned. That's he, not interesting at all because he did that already. Right. But what I'm saying is he learned his lesson. Right, he went from Matt Rule, clearly a college guy, surrounded by college guys, to being like, "Oh shit, you probably shouldn't do that. I made a mistake." And now it's Frank Reich, Ejiro Evero, Jim Caldwell, Dom Capers. You know, Josh McCown. It's his Dom first... Capers. Dom's back. Yeah. No way. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, Dom's back too. Was he coaching linebackers? Well, I mean, he, he, Ejiro Evero is like his mentee. Like Dom's been his mentor for a while. So, like, thousand percent. He was with him in Denver, and of course, he's coming back to Carolina. That's now. what I'm saying. He's probably coaching linebackers. That's his. Uh, no, I think he's got some sort of consultant role or whatever he's doing. I, Dom doesn't want to coach, coach. Okay, I mean, okay. Well, he's going to sit up there and be like, "No, you're doing that wrong," you know, uh, okay. and point stuff out. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Things he's but seen they're bringing the back like you know centuries worth of NFL experience. That's what I'm saying. This is uh, a <laughs> really. I mean, they got Deuce Daly who played in the league for a long time. Oh, Deuce is a bit, and we haven't got to Deuce yet like deuce is deuce is the guy that you know that's just gonna he's gonna implement all frank's stuff like he's gonna make sure that stuff gets done the way that frank wants it to get done you know it'd be really interesting because uh it's you know you have one guy frank wright seems a little bit more reserved he's not going to be a rah-rah system by guy the one that's going to be yelling talking a lot of shit but then you got deuce Staley, who's going to be completely doing all those things in that manner so sometimes you got to have the the yin to the yang in any coaching staff like if I'm a head coach that's real fiery, I don't need all my other coaches real fiery. If I'm a, if I'm a more quiet offensive coordinator, like you're going to need the offensive line coach to cuss somebody out to yep. get somebody going sometimes. Like yep. That's part of the whole uh, – the combination, the mixture that when you're bringing together a staff, you kind of need that balance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, I mean, I, the coaching staff is it, – it's been a lot of fun to talk about the way that it's come together. I just saw this, by the way, speaking of former players – Adam Schefter reported that um, both the Panthers and the Colts had discussed prominent, quote-unquote, prominent offensive coaching roles with ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky before he opted to remain with the network. Do um, you have any desire to coach at all? Dude, I get, I get hit up every year. You do? Every year somebody's like, so what's your interest level on it, you know? And you're like zero? 
I'm like, Ugh, just not. It's, it's a grind, it. bro. It's a grind, and I, I want to see my kids grow up, Kyle. Yeah. I just I won't see them. And I'm hoping eventually I start getting paid a little bit more, and uh, then that'll really make a lot more sense. But um, the coaching path is it's a grind. It's a struggle. It pays really well when you're when it's done right. Sure. Um, but it's a lot of guys that don't make a lot of money that are that coach a lot, that grind, yeah, and don't get paid that much, and still do it for the love of it. And I don't know if, like, I don't want to go to college because I don't want to recruit. And then you know you don't really want to go. The NFL is a totally different ball game, but you know you're dealing with professionals, and then you know, is is really are, are they really going to like let Dan just come in and be like? like the OC or the quarterback coach. I just think that's – I mean, it's really cool to talk about and it's really cool to be able to study these things. But, I mean, just because you're a decent player or an okay player doesn't mean you get to just come in and, and like, you're going to be a great coach. Sure. I, I don't think it works that easily. No. And I know it's personality traits and some people see those things and other people are really interested in, like, all right, well, I know this guy would be a great coach, Right. Like, people say that about me all the time. Why? I communicate well with other players. I was a really good person in the locker room that could talk to all walks of different life. And you were um, safety. You saw everything. I saw everything. Not only that, but my dad's a coach, so it's in me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I come from this coaching tree already because my dad coached. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, he's been involved. He knows how to understand a, a meeting room. He knows how to understand what the things he's going to need to. And like you said, I'm a safety and I'm, I'm a smart guy. So um, the transition can be easier for others than, than some. But – you know, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I, it's um, it's interesting to me because um, I, I just would much rather see my kids grow. Like yeah. basketball season, watching my kids play ball all these last few weeks. Oh, yeah. And since I hadn't been working, it's been so fun to me, Kyle. I, like, I, I don't know. I would hate to say I'm missing any of this stuff doing anything else. Well, that's I get that. And just as a, having a brother who's a coach, albeit, you know, a college baseball coach, always recruiting. Always. Right, all, always, you know, on the road doing something. Always. Right? Now, he's he's that kind of guy anyway because he runs his own training facility on top of that. But, like, you know, he's he's always on the move. He's always on the road. Like, he lives two and a half hours from here, but he's always stopping by my house because he's got some game he's going to. He's got some showcase event he's going to go watch some kids play. Like, that's just a lifestyle that you have to want. Um, like you said, there are some guys that, I mean, don't get me wrong, relatively speaking, the average person would love to make, you know, the, the six-figure salaries that some of these coaches are making. Um, even and I'm just talking about the lower-level assistant guys, yeah. right? But, like, it is a grind. And unless you're chasing that carrot of, you know, trying to be a head, head coach, coach. I, you know, you can get burned out pretty quickly on it. Like, if, if, you don't, if you're not on a head coaching track tenure, and yeah, you're making pretty good money, but when you're working, you know, 86 hours a week <laughs> – I mean, the shit. What am I wrong? Some of these dudes are working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. No, you're not, I don't think you're wrong. They sleep at the complex, Kyle. It's ridiculous. They don't go home. No. I don't want that. And, and the thing is, is I'm like, what are they even doing up there? Like, what are they doing that long to where it's like they're fishing for some nugget to give them some kind of edge to implement some kind of game plan? You yeah. Know? And, you know, they're, they're studying film. They're watching film three, four, five games deep. You know, oh yeah, for one play, this one little nugget to where we get this one thing. Like, it's so granular now, isn't it? Because, because at the end of the day, man, like I, I look, I can give my kids and anybody I would coach, I give them every tool I give them to have, right? Yeah. But if they don't use it when you need it the most, and like, what, what the hell? I just As wasted. Well. Right. And um, the one thing my dad said all the time, because I would always ask him, like, Dad, like, why are you coaching? Like, I see it. Like, these kids suck sometimes. Like, they don't listen. Like, 
you just herding sheep out here sometimes, you know? Yeah. And he was like, literally, Roman, there's no better joy than when you take a kid who really couldn't do a lot of different things. You worked with him, and in a year or so, you see some results, and all of a sudden, he does something that you taught him. It's rewarding. He's like, it's the best reward that you see because yeah. you see, like, it's real growth. I've coached like, a decent amount of high school baseball, and I can I can relate to that, you know, at a, at a smaller way because I, I get that part of it. Like yeah. it's it's the part that it's like when you go back and play golf, right? You play like shit, you hit that one really good shot. Oh my god, I, and that happened to me. It, it keeps it just going back. You know, I remember I was I was working with a JV kid one day who just could not put the bat on the ball, right? <laughs> I mean, could not do it, and I was you know showing him, hey, you got to calm this down. You know, you're throwing your head out, you're and so. After about 50 more swings, right, something clicked, and he started to get it. It's just it's intoxicating when you're a coach. You're helping people do the thing they really want to do. Yeah. So I get that. But, man, some of these guys just never go home. No. Some of these guys never go home. Some of these guys don't have any lives. They don't know anything outside of football. No, I know coaches that have only coached in the NFL for, like, 50 years. Like, that's all they did. It's the only job they ever had. They showed up at a training camp, begged for a job. Coach gave him a job, and he's just like – he never went back. Yep. This is just what he's always done. And that's all they know. So imagine, like, it was hard for me, right, the transition for all these athletes that, like, you know, you get used to being in training camp. You get used to doing this. And your schedule is what it is. So at every when it gets around August, man, you're locked in. And I did it from fourth grade till I was, what, 34, 35. That's a long time, bro. <laughs> that's a long so, time. So imagine people – so I think it was, like, 20-some years, Kyle, I did this, right? <laughs> So imagine somebody that's been doing it for like 40 years, 50 years. Like, this is all they've done. So when next thing you know, when they get told to go home, bro, they are like, they truly have no idea what else to do. Oh, yeah. Because this is all they've done. And like training camp for them is like, that's a happy time. Because like, there's, we're only doing ball. Like, we're, on, we're only doing ball. That's all you do. I ain't got to worry about making sure my wife's good. I ain't got to worry about no kids. I am only doing ball. We're locked in. Some of the I, other life muscles get atrophied <laughs> because you never use them. Never use you're them. you're only doing ball. You're only doing ball, Kyle. Yeah. I'm locked in. I'm at a training camp somewhere. I'm sleeping in a dorm. I don't have to worry about trying to find food. I'll go to the cafeteria. It's all there. I, it's, I, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about getting no soap. It's in the freaking showers. Like, I am good. So many people, Kyle, I don't think you understand this. These coaches love training camp. They just locked in. They don't have to it's, do anything else. They don't have to do anything else. This is what they do, Kyle. Yes. And then all of a sudden they break camp and they're like, dang, got to go home. Now I got to worry about driving to practice, going home every now and then. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Oh, babe, you coming home tonight? You going to make it home? Are you going to stay at this complex? I'm trying to get home to see, you know. No. None of that. No. So, to me, like, hearing the stories just over time, um, that's just what it is, man. Like, it's addiction. And um, I know guys who went from loving it to a year later. They're like, no, I'll never fucking do that again. Like, I, they, and they just need a break from the game, right? Because they weren't chasing the carrot of being a head coach. They just thought it would be fun to coach. And, yeah. And it's just it's, – it asks too much of them. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, especially if you're, um, you're one of the grunts. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I I feel like you've had, I don't know, you can't. So I, I got to ask you about the Super Bowl because you were there. Yeah, Kyle. So, but I, you didn't stay for the game. So uh, look, I got I got two weeks worth of just. You were on official madness. business. I get it. Yes. You, if anybody gets it, I get it. I've I've also left the Super Bowl early on multiple occasions. So I went to a huge pregame party. It was awesome. All right, I met Bobby Flay. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Was he cooking or just hanging? He was cooking, um, hanging. Cooking taking and pic- hanging. Yeah, taking pictures, this whole deal. Look, man, my boy Rocco Whalen uh, hooked me up, him and Dave Feimster. I saw the pictures, yeah. Dude, it was like the nicest pregame thing I've ever seen. I mean, the tickets there are freaking expensive. But, hey, everything's free. Crown Royals just flowing. Phoenix is way too spread out. But overall, it was an amazing experience. I got to do that. Um, and then, you know, the game was the game. I, I thought it was – if we want to talk about, go into details about it, I picked Philly to win. I thought they'd been the best team all year long. They played – I mean, their defense let them down. Jalen Hurts freaking balled. Oh, yeah. I mean, One I was, bad play. I, One yeah. play. The fumble in the first half. I get it. You know what I mean? It's like nobody's perfect, you know. But, but all like, the good he did outweighed uh, that. Way I, I don't even care about that play. I don't even care like about it. it sucks. It sucks. But, but it's I, a Super Bowl. Something's bound to happen. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to be clean. No. But, man, I was so impressed with that young man's poise. I, I mean, I've said that probably since he was a freshman at Alabama, how impressed I am with his poise and just ability and willingness to go out there and win a game. Man, when he got that two-point conversion run, that sweep, and they hit him on about the one or two-yard line, and he just – found a way to fall into the end zone. Yep. You're just like, man, this dude, just he's just not going to be tank, denied. Man. He's just not going to be denied. And then to have Patrick Mahomes playing in the way he was, which coming into the game, I said, I'm taking Philly. They're the best team. They've been the best team all year long. I could totally see the Chiefs winning. And the only way I see the Chiefs really winning, honestly, is if Patrick Mahomes does like the young people say and says, I am him. And goes out there and balls and goes wins his, wins a game for his team. Oh yeah, which, which he did that. So, of course. So um, Philly, I mean, great game plan by Kansas City right there uh, doing the little return stuff because they had Philly's number. Philly did not did not they didn't cover the first time and then they let the Chiefs go right back out there and do it again on this just on the opposite side involving the nickel this time. So um, that stunk for the way to go out. Also the penalty at the end. Kind of hated that just because it was right, but it was soft. I just look, man. I just want the game to just to go out with the players. Yes, that's my point. It that's was all incon- I want. It was inconsistent with the way they call the game throughout. That's all I want. Let them make the plays, man. I just, I just want the players to win because at that point, oh, like a minute and a half, you're like, oh, well, it's over now. So Dominique Foxworth was talking about it. Uh, I guess back on Monday. I guess I was watching mm-hmm. him talk about, it, and he was like, "Listen, I always side with DBs. Always." always. Do. He's like, but I can't really say anything because it was a penalty. And it yeah. was a penalty. Like, no, I, it, yeah, look, I, I won't defend it because Bradbury said he held him. Yeah, I love the way he phrased so, it. He's like, I did a holding. <laughs> so, so, like, how am I going to sit up here and try and defend this guy when he's just it's flat out saying, like, yeah, I, kinda, I held him. Yeah. So, at that point, I'm cool with it. The only thing I didn't like was Juju Smith talking some trash. That after. Was, I, would, I was why, like, look, bro? bro, this guy, look, I'm not, I'm not going to hate. For anybody, I'm not going to hate. You keep talking. I'm going to pull it up so that anybody but, who but hasn't Juju seen it But Juju Smith has – his career has been very up and down, I would say. It was a lot, lot more up when he had Antonio Brown as the number one. Then he became the number one. Then it was down. And then now he's kind of got resurrected because he has Patrick Mahomes who can throw the ball to him and make him look good. But uh, – but then for him to talk trash like that, I thought it was a real low blow. It actually just was kind of like whatever. So anybody and he used to always be all the dancing on the on the oh yeah other team stuff logo. You see AJ stuff. Brown called him TikTok boy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. AJ Brown can't do that and deservedly so. Oh, AJ Brown is a monster. Anyway, Juju tweeted that the Valentine of James Bradbury, and it said, "I'll hold you when it matters most." 
and he did. He said Happy Valentine's Day, and then AJ Brown lit him up and was like, First off, congratulations, y'all. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. Uh, you was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on one on a one year deal. TikTok boy, he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or whatever it was. Because I agree. Exactly. I don't have any problem with what AJ. I mean, look, Juju. And the worst thing about it was Bradbury didn't have to. That's the thing that's going to bother him is that he didn't have to grab him. Yeah. Kind of panicked a little bit. Just a little bit. Right here, a little outside tug. We call it a little preacher hug right there. You kind of tug on his hip right there. You tug him low, but Juju kind of turned a little bit and the ref threw the flag. I just, man, it's tough because he didn't have to do it. If James is wearing white gloves, does that get called? Yeah, it still gets called. It's because the the guy's hip turned when he pulled it. I only ask you because people have been talking about this week, that this week. Like Belichick, that's one of his tricks, and that's why Andy Reid had him wear white jerseys and – you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, yeah, it's one of the nuances of the game. It does show you. they were white because they were the away team. I don't know. All I know <laughs> is that, like, the point was that, like, Bill Belichick and other coaches have talked about, hey, if, we're, if they're wearing white, we're wearing white gloves, you know, to get away with stuff, um, which is something that makes all the sense in the world, but the average fan doesn't think about. Well, yeah, it was always a thing in college for us um, um, or other places you wear gloves. So, did, wait, did Kansas City have to wear the white? Because it, some have made it seem like Andy Reid chose to wear the white. I thought they were the away team. I have to look that up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really hadn't thought that much <laughs> Philly, about it. Philly it had up. the better record. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying. I've heard multiple people talk about it as if it was like a tactical move by Andy Reid. Nobody's thinking that deep. See, but that's the other thing, too, is that, like, I guess on the other side, if you see they're wearing white jerseys, you ain't got You can always glo- put on white gloves. You should put on white gloves, right? It's easy. Anyway, that just – the Super Bowl was cool. So the Super Bowl was awesome. I thought Rihanna's performance was great. She let everybody know she was pregnant. Um, she looked sexy. She's clearly not afraid of heights. And well, my, 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 fa- my fatherly instincts kicked in when I saw that. I was like, get that pregnant woman off that thing right now. I was like, there's, there's a baby in there. Get that it. is a baby She's going to fall, get her down. I, I don't feel safe right now. Get Riri off that platform. Get her down. I don't like this. I didn't and like you know it. what else? I, I, I appreciate it. It wasn't over-sexualized. It was really just her doing a great performance. It wasn't, you know, some people, all, somebody's got to try and find a reason to complain about something, Kyle. And Fox and everybody else were super nervous uh, because they didn't know what she was going to wear. So I talked to people, one of my good friends, his wife, uh, her best friend is over, like, the whole production of the whole, like, halftime show right like, they like help do it through the nfl like you know and so they were super nervous literally right up until the game because they had no idea what rihanna was going to wear because she wore like this huge overcoat jacket during warm-ups to, like the first three days while she was out there pre- practicing and prepping and they, they nfl kept asking like so what are you going to wear she's like eh, mm. but she was really just hiding a baby yeah Nobody knew. Everybody was like, oh, my God, we're worried about what she's going to wear. Yeah. Really, like, no, I just don't want you to see my bump. Right. In the world's <laughs> largest trench coat, by the way. That was the world's longest trench coat. She was five stories in the air, and it would have damn near touched the ground. It was unreal. I'm just glad that you admit your, your fatherly instincts. Oh, like, God, yeah. Get that baby down. I was down. like, get that baby down. Get that woman down safely right now. Put her on that football field and let her sing. That is not safe. She was, that was thing taken. I'm like, dude, she's really high. Really high up there right now. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. And that's, and that's the other thing, too. Like, with, for the people that have been saying, and I've seen a lot of them, like, 
some of them are doing the whole culture war thing. It was like, oh, she was too sexualized or it was Why? red for What did sa- she do? I don't care. You know, <laughs> what did she do? No, I mean, somebody was like, yeah, she made a suggestive move where she touched herself. And I'm like, okay, okay it's for adults. Get over it. I, I don't know I, what to tell I don't you. Even, I don't even remember that part. Like, it, when things are grossly over-sexualized, I don't like it either. Like, you're yeah. just being obvious and annoying at that point. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Be, being excessively sexual in a performance, like, okay, we get it. Understood. Yeah. But I didn't think she was that. I don't think so at all. I didn't think so either. But, like, it almost seemed like people that are saying, well, it was, just, it was fine. You know, there was nothing special about it. Like, do you need to be inundated with lasers and fireworks? <laughs> And, you know, top of the line CGI to enjoy a halftime show because what I saw was a woman just performing her hits and she's got some bangers. And so, like, bangers, you know, I enjoyed myself listening to it. It was just like listening to her stuff all over again. Like, yeah, but she didn't sing. Who does? <laughs> and she was singing, but it was on top of a pre recorded track. And you yeah. know why they do that? For time purposes. So to make yeah. sure they know exactly when they're getting into and out of commercial breaks. That's Not why they that, do that. But- when you hear her sing on top of that, it sounds the same. It does. She's and it, really talented. And in fact, if you listen, you can actually hear her singing on top of her track <laughs> because it doesn't match the track very well. Yeah. And you know what else is funny, Kyle? Is that, all right, so one of my good friends, his name is Jan, all right? And he helps produce and he's like behind the scenes with some of the interviews and things like that. So he was in the room when, um, oh my gosh, when, um, what's his name? Uh He's the, uh, the former wide receiver. He's on Good Morning America now. Oh, Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson. I apologize, yeah. Nate. Um, He's probably not listening to this episode. Yeah, well, good. Anyways, well, I know Nate. I should be better than that. It just was slipping on my mind. So when Nate interviewed Rihanna, right, this is the funniest story ever. He's like, Jan comes up to me because we were doing the media row, which I need to talk to you about radio row. This is my first time ever doing Yeah, we got to talk about that. So, so he's sitting there. He's like, Roman, literally. He's like, dude, she just exudes like this this aura of like this high sexual energy, bro, that like I've never seen out of anybody that's unmatched. She's just like beautiful and just walks around so confident, elegantly, and just exudes this like strong sexual energy. I was like, Jan, how'd you handle it? He said, dude, he's like, I, I was listening to her talk to Nate and I think I was looking at her eyes and naturally I was just like, I think this woman wants me. He's <laughs> 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 like, 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 what? He's like, he's like, dude, I'm not. He's like, I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I, I was looking at her in her eyes, and I was listening to her talk, and I was like, I think she wants me. I think I have a chance with her. Rihanna definitely wants it, to do it, sex it, with me. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is what I started silently thinking in my own head, and I was like. He's like, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't think so, bro. He said, yeah, when I got out of the room, I didn't think so either. But, like, for that, for, like, those, like, five, ten seconds, bro, was, this was in my mind. This was, like, really happening. And he's like, now I totally get it. When people saying, like, she's, like, hypnotizing or she's just yeah. beautiful, like, he's like, I, I get it. Like, I got, like, it happened. She makes men fall in love with her and convinces them that she might actually want them. Yeah. That, she's like, he's like, That's I, the power. I was, he's like, I was around and I totally fell for it, like. It, it was the funniest story, one of the best stories I got. I fell for a stripper like that once when I was like 19 years old. I learned a hard lesson. Dude, yeah. Nothing wrong with strippers, by the way. Nothing at all. I've, I've liked many of them. I don't know why I felt compelled to say that. I mean, because that was your experience, Kyle. It's okay. <laughs> no, it I meant the last okay. part about nothing wrong with a stripper. Of course there's nothing wrong with a stripper. <laughs> of course not. Well. We accept all. There's some. Okay, Radio Row. Let's get the hell out of that. Radio Row. Why, I, I canceled my trip, by the way. As it, I, you know, I, I didn't make it. I'm still in the fucking walking boot right yeah. now, and I didn't want to walk through airports. I, hear, I heard and you clanking centers. up the stairs today. Yeah, it still sucks, man. <laughs> I'm three and a half weeks into this recovery, and I'm still not out of the boot yet. So uh, I canceled the trip, and I know all about Radio Row. 
Yeah, did, I did, did you, not. This is my first time ever. So what did you think about it? So overall, like in a livestock pen of, of blowhards. You know what, Kyle? Honestly, it was the best, like, as far as people watching, it was a 12 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I really, really loved it. And I love people watching. I mean, it's a couple things I learned from Radio Row, right, individually. Um, and I tell everybody this. This is my first time ever doing Radio Row. This is my first Super Bowl I'd been to that I actually didn't play in. So it was a lot of new and first for me. Uh, the, the biggest thing I paid attention to, entourages. Oh, yeah. Who had the biggest entourage? I'm going to do a whole breakdown on this on my Instagram at some point. You really should. I mean, it's going to be like my, you know, my whole take on what my Super Bowl experience was. Entourages. All right. People I, got them. They got them. My, I, the, I'll just give it away now. The biggest one that I noticed, Stephen A. Smith. I'll give a top three or four on my Instagram. How many do you have with him? Bro, he was probably 12 deep. Oh, my God. Really? He was probably 12 deep. Yeah, he was definitely double See, figures. I've done radio with Stephen A. before, and sometimes he runs solo. He will have the entourage sometimes, but every once in a while you'll see Stephen A. and it's just him. Oh, that was not it Damn. this year. That's wild. Stephen A.'s big time, baby. Well, they're probably following around keeping his makeup right, making sure he's back on set. Not only, yeah, yeah. You know, another thing I learned, Kyle, um, young, a lot of young players now have people just walking in front of them with a camera now. Just – they're just walking backwards filming them. I don't know exactly. Oh, that's a thing. Where, where all this is going. That's a thing. But this is a thing now, Kyle. Yep. This is like. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such, and I hate to say this, but there is an inherent increased level of narcissism in our cultures, just generally speaking. Dude. That everybody thinks that their life is going to be a documentary one day. That, because everyone thinks their life is that interesting and that important. And I, and I understand that, you know, NFL guys have a larger platform, more eyes on them. But not every single one of y'all is going to necessitate a documentary here in about 15 years. Kyle, this is, I, this is just what my eyes are telling Now, if you me. just want some footage to watch with the kids, that's cool. It's cool. But I don't think that's what they're doing. Not at all. Anyway, proceed. I apologize. All right. No, no, no. There's no reason to apologize. I want you to interject at any time here. So, so that was another thing I noticed. Also, inside like the, the media pen, whatever you want to call it, whatever like the inside part is where a lot of the I radio, call it the livestock pen. Yeah. The livestock pen, whatever you, I mean, yeah, yeah. you, yeah. So it's crazy in there. You see women dressed to the dimes. You see women dressed professional. You see dudes with different outfits on. I saw a fake Andy Reid. Oh, yeah. I saw like, you see it all. Radio you, Rose a wild place. <laughs> like you see it all. One thing I did learn about, um, the women there. This is very intriguing to me, too. Because I was like, all right, it's a lot of women in there. It's a lot of women in the media. And, you know, they want to be professional. They want to be looked at sexualized. And it's some, a lot of these other things that have happened in the past, they want to continue to upgrade themselves. Now, the one thing that I noticed, because every woman there is dressed pretty nicely dressed, right? They're, a lot of them look more like uh, khaki, some in dresses, some sure. in whatever, all these other different. I don't know the style. I wouldn't say the style separates the women i wouldn't say that but the purses kyle separate the women you can tell a young woman just starting from a boss lady oh, by her okay. purse in radio row you saw some high level purse action kyle when i was there high high level all right purses. so generally speaking you're talking to the wrong guy when it comes to this sort of thing <laughs> however this one thing I can vouch for because it is so blatant when you see it. You're absolutely right. And again, I say this as someone who my wife marvels at how little I know about designer anything. I don't know anything, right? Yeah. 
But you're right about that. Because I've been to enough Radio Rows that you just see some woman who's more established plop down this like $2,500 bag yeah. that's as big as your entire midsection. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, you got money like that, huh? Boss. Yeah, okay. Boss You're move. established. Boss move. Got it. The you know, purses. Whereas the 23-year-old just starting out, she looks great, but she got a tiny little purse dangling from her wrist. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen your point. Might be yep. carrying stuff in a book bag. Back to something else you said. Now, if you got more entourages, let me know. I but imagine what you saw at the Phoenix Convention Center. Pick that up and then drop it into the food court of Mall of America in Minneapolis, which is where <laughs> we were a few years ago, right? So imagine that scene in a, in a food court in the largest mall in America, which also has a theme park, a Lego theme park in the middle of it. And we're all in this. Now, it's a massive place, but we're all still in the same indoor ecosphere for the entire time we're there. And so, yes, the people watching is incredible. And one of my favorite moments, Terrell Owens had the biggest entourage that I saw when he was there that day. When, when he came, he had just all sort of dudes with him. But one of my favorite things was watching RG3, Robert Griffin III, over about a two-day, two-and-a-half-day period, try to walk around incognito in the Mall of America, except all he did was draw more attention to himself because he put his hood up and cinched it so tight that he looked like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> and it's like, bro, you're not fooling anybody. In fact, everybody's looking at you more now because you're walking around outside of Victoria's Secret, which is where I saw him, and you have this thing. But it's funny because these guys don't want to be noticed. They don't want to be you know, hassled for autographs, which I get. I totally understand. But that environment you're talking about in the Mall of America was one of the – I'll never forget those three days that I was, I was doing I, all that. I really, really enjoyed it. We got to sit down. Um, you know, the NFL had me there with my podcast with Peanut where we talk about yeah. uh, the second players act. So, you know, everybody, all these guys, second players, second acts and stuff. It was awesome. We got to talk to Deion Sanders. It was amazing. I mean, dude's custom fitted down to his buttons on his blue jean suit. Um, Brian Dawkins was awesome. Oh, I love Brian Dawkins. Uh, just, uh, you know, his passion and things like that. We really got to talk to uh, quite a few guys. And the security was freaking next level, Kyle. Like, Oh, they don't play around at the Super They Bowl. do not play around. I mean, I got a – uh, lanyard on with all that stuff, and dude, they're, they'll like come up on you and take touch your lanyard, be like look at it, oh, yeah, up close and personal, and be like, okay, that's you. Are you who you say you are? Yeah, like yes. they're not BSing out there. That nope. was the other thing. Too oh. many, too many celebrities. They don't play around. Kyle and I was going to save this for my Instagram, but what? I want to educate our fans and our listeners Let's as do well. It. Let's do it. Let's talk about cacti. Cacti. All right. Like the outdoor variety. Yes. Yeah. The cacti. It's a uh, whatever it is, the big ones. All right. Oh yeah, Kyle. Did you not? Did you know that? First of all, did you know how old cacti can live to? Um, I know they can get old. They can get really damn old. Yeah. So, Kyle, I did not know they don't even grow their first arm. Like you know, cactuses mm -hmm. grow up straight. They don't. Yeah. Grow, they don't grow their first arm till after like fifty or seventy-five years. I didn't know that. I know. Damn. I was, I was floored. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're like, yeah. So it just soaks up all this water from the roots, Shit. goes down, and it starts to get up. And it gets, once it starts, fills itself, get top heavy. And nobody knows how each one of them, they all grow individual. Like, there is no same one. Like, like there snowflakes. Is no, yeah. They're like, there's no same one. And all of them have their own personality, their own. They all grow differently. And so after 50 to 75 years, Kyle, it gets in one arm. And then all of a sudden, when the top and that arm start to get a little bit heavy, it naturally feels that. Yeah. And start to start to lean, it just grows another one. Oh, that's then dope. Then it'll just keep growing and growing, and then it'll grow another arm. And then it'll grow another arm. And it just continues to balance itself out. 
through time. So I love walking up on the buttes in Phoenix, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, the hiking trails up there. You got to watch oh, out yeah, for snakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They but got a whole, like, uh, reservation, like a park, national oh, park. Absolutely. Just for these cats. I haven't been to Phoenix in five years. That's why I was hoping to get back this year. But uh, I love Phoenix. I don't know if I could live in the desert. I don't think I could. I don't think it's for me either. I don't think it's for me. But I love going out there for a few days. I didn't realize how damn spread out it was. Like, Oh, yeah. It's way, way, way spread out. So my, my, I was going to fly out there, I think I told you, to Vegas and see a couple of my boys from high school and then rent a car and drive from Vegas to Phoenix, do the Super Bowl thing for a few days, drive back to Vegas, hang out with the boys for a day again, and then you know, fly back. And it's about a four-hour drive through the desert from Vegas to Phoenix. Doesn't sound fun. My, well, and I was, I was excited about it, but like my wife was not thrilled. She was like, she's convinced of all sorts of you know, supernatural stuff. She was convinced some you know, desert Oh, ghost. y'all going to come up missing. Yeah, she 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 was like, you got don't even get out of the car, and I was like, I mean, I'm probably gonna get out of the car like once or twice, but okay. But I, I was excited about it. Now the desert at night, though, that's where you're pr- desert during the day. I'm cool. You know what? The temperature is really big changes and swings out there. So morning a little bit cool, day hot. Yeah. And then at night really cold. Yeah. And so that was the trying to figure that whole ordeal out. You know, it was your wife that told me about driving through the mountains of Arizona at night one time to scare the living shit out of her. And she was like, because I, t- I that's right. I talked to your talk, wife yeah, about this. Yeah. And she was the one because I told her my plan. And she was like, uh, she drove from San Diego. That's what she told me. She was like, she drove from San Diego to Alabama. She's like, you ever been through Arizona in the mountains at night? I wouldn't do it. And I was like, <laughs> uh, all right. Good to know. And so, Kyle, look, man, overall, the experience was great. I learned about cacti. I learned about all these other things <laughs> like it was cool as shit. Overall, like being at the Super Bowl, uh, the parties. Uh, you know what? You know, Super Bowl parties kind of overrated. It's a lot of people looking for attention, wanting to be seen. Kind of overrated. Um, you know, when I was younger, I think I had a lot more. I had a fun because I was like, it was all so brand new. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, having my wife there it was fun. Like me and her had a great time. We hung out with a lot of different people. She's like, oh, it's because you don't want to like hang out with me. I'm like, actually, no. I think it's because. When I was younger, I was single and I just looked at hot girls and like that's what I judged the party on. Yep. It, like, if it's not hot girls there that I can try and get at, then like, if it was that, then it was a good party. Which they those are everywhere, but now my mindset's differently. Now I want like a whole vibe. I want like all these other men. people to talk to. Yeah, it's yeah. like different. So it, it's uh. Well, it's, the whole mindset changes, and it's like like you said. I mean, if, when I was still single, it was two things. Let's find some girls. Let's get fucked up. Yeah. You know, that, and that yeah. was when you went out with the boys. You went out to a big party like that. You went out with your, the guys you work with at a Super Bowl party, right? Yeah. That was kind of the goal, or at least it was, hey, we're going to the Gatorade party. We're going to the Maxim party or yeah. whatever. That's cool. Not that I was what? going to Super Bowl parties when I was 23, but I get your point. And, that it's like, was, and that was good, but, like, man, you know, if I'm, li- if I'm staying downtown Phoenix to get all the way out to Scottsdale to try and hit a party by this amount of time, it's like, dude, it was hassle yeah and so that that was one thing that kind of stressed it out but overall great experience can i go back one weekend kyle please do. well let's finish this weekend off all right i went to the waste management on saturday uh, dude that's on my bucket list kyle people don't understand when i tell them it's on my sports bucket list did you have a blast i did i got i got i got kind of drunk kyle not gonna lie that's what it's for but it was a lot I mean, you got to get your mind right to even just go out there. Yeah. It's a lot to do that. You yeah. get dropped off. You go through a couple little things of security. We're taking, the, we're taking a bus ride. So you get, you get on a bus, and you ride a bus over to where the golf course is, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. 
And so we're on there and we got these young girl, like this young girl behind us. She is super turned up. She's like calling it the wasted management. <laughs> and like, she's like, she tells people on the bus that have a drink, like you need to drink and chug it before we get here to park or you're a pussy and like talking reckless to people. I'm like, she's like starting to cheer. I'm like, I kind of like this girl's energy. Like yeah. she's like, okay, this is a good warm up for me. Then we get there. Security was kind of light. I mean, I had to, I went to show the lady my past and she just waved me through. She's just like, come on, come on. I, she's like, I'm not even dealing with all these people today. Just come on, come on. So I was like, all right, cool. And um, it was actually a good benefit to being black in Phoenix. You know what I mean? Cause the lady was black. At least that's how I took it. But she probably didn't check anybody that day. It was over 300,000 people out there, Kyle. And so at one point in time, we got bottlenecked because, you know, where they're trying to bring ice and vodka and all these other things to these places out there, they don't have like back roadways to take them to these holes in places mm -hmm. to like get the drinks mm -hmm. things. So you got really regular cars in the same area where people are trying to walk. It's just not going to work, Kyle. Wow. It was terrible. I don't, I don't know if they've ever thought about that. This is not good though. When you got Super Bowl and your golf tournament going on at the same time, way too many people. Kyle, we were bottlenecked at this one place for like, 10, 15 minutes stuck. And I'm just sitting here shoulder to shoulder with all these people and my wife's behind me. I'm like, this is how people die. Like, 100 people get trampled like this. Like, we cannot Bro, move. I was at an Eric Church outdoor concert, uh, what was it, 10, 12 years ago? And I don't know if you know what a derecho is, but it's in a super intense windstorm, right? Think like the worst thunderstorm winds you've ever seen, right? And it's derecho. just that relentlessly. It's called a derecho. And so they, they, they came through about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I was at an outdoor Eric Church concert. I was trying to escape um, a place called Mitchell Stadium <laughs> trying to escape. in Bluefield, Virginia. And uh, same thing. They told us to evacuate, and it was a bottleneck to get out. And people were actually trying to, in an emergency, get out of there because the winds were coming through. Like, I had to sprint. There were branches coming off of trees and everything else. There were 20,000 people trying to get, through, get out of a single exit. And it's a wonder nobody got killed. It was absolutely insane. And so they I'm talked about that, too. They're like, the Phoenix Open, bro, it's – it's like one way in, one way out. Right. Like it's not. Right. It's not. This is not like a great, like way to do this. In like, twenty years, I'm not going to want to go anywhere and do anything socially <laughs> because I already hate shit like that. I can't stand it. Kyle, it was awful feeling. I did get get on uh, 16. Uh, I had a pass, and me and my 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 man Bill, we didn't use it till late, and we actually saw the last group, and it was the best shot of the day. Actually, uh, it was one foot five inches. So, um, I saw the closest shot of the day on 16. Then beer start flowing everywhere. They just start throwing beers out there. They're just like <laughs> chucking them. It was like, dude, this is what they do. Like, yeah, bro. Everyone's just, oh, yeah. They just like throw beers out there. I was there. following along. I saw and some then, wild shit. Cop, everybody was so fucked up. Nobody, who won? Nobody knows. Could you tell me who won? Nope. Nobody cares. No. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They just go there just to party. That is just a party. It's and like the Kentucky <laughs> Derby. They don't give a shit if they ever see a single golf ball while they're there. Just like at the Kentucky Derby, you can't see for the hats anyway. You're there to get fucked up. If you see a horse, great. But that's a party, and you're just supposed to get blacked out in the field somewhere. That, that's literally all people are doing. Now, Kyle, I will say this. It's put some shades on. I think you need to treat it like the beach or the pool, all right, if you're a male, especially married one. Put the shades oh, on. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff to look at out there, and everybody's on a freaking hill, laid out. Some are passed out on the hill, and you can see undercarriages. So I'm just letting you know. Oh, bro. I'm warning you. I was going I'm through some old – I probably shouldn't admit to this, but I was going through some old pictures on my laptop the other night of my trip to Brazil, 
and just with friends on the beach, the things that got caught in the background of those yeah. shots at, at you know Rio de Janeiro and down on the beach at Copacabana. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They do things a lot. There's like butt cheeks, butt cheeks, butt cheeks. And it's like, <laughs> okay, okay. You should start a song like that. <laughs> butt cheeks, butt cheeks, butt cheeks, butt cheeks. <laughs> but it was very entertaining. All right, I'm done with Super Bowl weekend. Kyle, I got to go back. Go back. Weekend. Go back. I got to go back. You know, I'm not going to stop you. Go back. I was in Vegas the weekend before. Damn you. For Pro Bowl weekend. Right. I was out there in I Vegas. was supposed to be in Vegas and Phoenix, too. I'm, I'm getting FOMO right now. So, anyway, I was just out there um, in Vegas. I went for my, my, for my football agent's birthday. He turned 58. It was a great hangout, man. It was great. Um um, everybody was super cool. We had a couple great nights out there at dinner and some partying. And Kyle, I did something I said I would never do. I, my wife was, you know, she's adventurous. She's crazy. So, um, we did an Elvis wedding. I, we renewed our vows and I did the Elvis wedding. How the fuck have we made it to 44 minutes into this podcast and you have not mentioned? I just put it on my Instagram. Y'all should go check it out. Harp underscore 41. Uh, I just did an Instagram about it. I just like cut, just cut and spliced all the videos together, made a nice little highlight tape of the whole thing. Um, time out, time out. So I was <laughs> at the same time. That's when my boys were out there. They got there for Pro, Pro oh, Bowl yeah? week. Yes, they got there for Pro Bowl weekend. And, so, and a couple of them stayed the entire week. So you mean to tell me that I both missed out on an opportunity to hang out with my best childhood friends in Vegas and watch you renew your vows in an Elvis? Come the fuck on, man. Really? <laughs> That happened, Kyle. I did. Um, we renewed our vows in the uh, Elvis wedding. It was, um, dude, it was funny as shit. This Elvis was freaking on it, bro. It was like he was on juice, dog. I mean, he wasn't swole, but this guy was very turned up. He was dancing. He was singing. Uh, we were laughing. We were all fucked up. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Well, let's do it. All right. Um, I agreed to do it uh, with my wife for, you know, she had a choice. I was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it unless... I, you agreed to some terms, and uh, the terms were agreed to, so we did it. And um, before we went, I was mad because the first day I lost money on the fucking tables. I was fucking pissed off. <laughs> the next day, I said, you know what? I'm getting up. I'm winning my money back, me and my, me and my boy Bill. We're, like, we're going to win our fucking money back. So instead of using the tables, we felt the tables were janky. We bet on a whole bunch of basketball games. I had one bad beat, all right? That we, was College or pro? College, basketball. All right. I had one bad beat, and uh, – that was Gonzaga. They were up three, bro, with 18 seconds to go, and the up two with 18 seconds to go, and had the ball. I'm like, dude, I'm straight. And they were given. I had. I was Gonzaga plus three. I was like, dude, I'm about to win this. And then next, you know, I stopped watching. Came back. They lost by eight in overtime. I was so mad. Anyways, I won a a nice a nice fat stack or two. I won a nice amount of money on a uh, baccarat, which most people that don't know that it's a great game. You should get into it. Uh, you just got to, you know, fall in line a little bit, but it's a great game. Sure. And then we went and got married, Kyle. We had our uh, our wedding reception at this little pizza place afterwards. Uh, That's got, dope, dude. I got to I know uh, a, another former NFL guy, um, um, Mike Vanderjack, former yes. kicker. The wildest kicker in NFL history. Is he? He's big as shit. Is he? He's big as shit. So he had a high school friend there that was there, and she was just in town, and He's like 6'7", Kyle. He was a goalie and was like tried out for the Canadian national team and was like the last guy not picked as a goalie. And so after that, he went and started playing football and kicked. 
and was like, the man. Bro, this is the greatest fucking story of all time. So you <laughs> renewed your vows at an Elvis casino, and then at your reception at a pizza place, you ran into Mike Vanderjack? No, no, he was actually at the wedding with us. He came with. We met him before, and we was all so cool. You just met kicking. Mike Vanderjack. You're like, well, hey, come he to was our friends co- with. He's friends with um, my agent's girlfriend uh, and uh, Jen, who all of them attended the wedding. Also, we also had an actor. I forget his name. I have to look it up real quick. But um, yeah, we it was a uh, it was a crew, Kyle. It wasn't um, it was uh, I don't even know what to say. Um, besides, it was just it was pretty damn funny, Kyle. It was actually very damn funny, and uh, we did that. It was uh, something I never thought I would do or say or say I would do, but uh, I agreed to it. It was awesome, dude. It was literally the last two weeks have been a blur, Kyle. I renewed my vows, and I went to Pro Bowl. I went to uh, the Super Bowl. I did Radio Row. This has been a crazy two weeks for me, Kyle. I'm not going to lie. And I got Mardi Gras coming up this weekend. So this is going to be even more added to this. And uh, I'll have more stories for you, Kyle. But, yes, the the Elvis wedding – was off the chain, bro. Like off the chain. It was so fucking funny. That's uh, I, the FOMO right now is through the fucking roof, bro. That sounds like a blast. And I'm sitting over here in a fucking walking boot and had to cancel my trip. God damn it. That sounds like a blast. Well, congratulations on your newly renewed nuptials. That's a mouthful. Uh, and Kyle, the lady that was over the little chapel, right, was fucking dead ass serious. She was like, not playing are, around. She was not bullshitting. She was like, these are vows to be honored. This is under God's eye and da da da. I was like, dude, I'm lucky. This is not just a whim. You know what I mean? Like, and like, we're actually married already. Cause I don't know if I could agree to all this. Like what this lady's putting us under if I wasn't already pretty deep. Into she sounds it. lovely. So it, it was great, man. It was, uh, it was definitely worth the story, bro. Like, I'd say seriously. so, dude. It was worth the story. And you fucking buried the lead, too. We got 44 minutes. You, you should have led with that. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you lead with that? That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I was because I was just going to do the last two weeks. I, I don't know, Kyle. We started talking about no, this. No, I know. We, you and I have had a busy last couple of weeks. I get it. I get it. Jesus, that's funny. All right. Before we get out of here, though, I have to ask. Is the world under attack by aliens right now? Uh, I don't think so, Kyle. Um you know, everybody started to say something, too, because uh, you could see pictures of Rihanna's performance, and it looked like some little bulb things were out there, too, like kind of staring down and shining down on everybody. So mm-hmm. everybody, that was another little conspiracy. If I want to just throw that out there to give somebody a rabbit hole to chase down. Um, but I think uh, chasing down a rabbit hole on learning the history of cacti is actually better. But <laughs> that, that, to each their own. I mean, Understood. However, but I, I do not think so. I, I think the whole balloon gate was, I mean, very interesting. The fact that China, we shot it down, and China's like, okay, give us our balloon back. And then we got blamed for that. They said we've sent at least 10 over their country, which I don't think is true because we know they would shoot that shit down. Um, it was pretty interesting to see. It's very interesting that uh, the more and more you listen about it, as that balloon, the Chinese balloon, flew over our country, we actually sent something above it because we didn't even mess with it at first. So we sent something above it to block I bet everything from transmitting. I was okay. I was gonna say we yeah, did mess with it for we sure. We did. We we flew something over it that we didn't we didn't want to tell everybody, but we were on top of it the whole time, blocking everything from getting transmitted away from it and in and out of it. So in an era in an era where everything becomes politicized, right, where people are like dementia Joe Biden would just let balloons sneak in, and I'm like, if y'all don't think the CIA caught that first, you're crazy. 
Like, oh, they went up there. Right, the NSA, the CIA. They, like they, they went right up there. They caught that shit first. Absolutely. They caught that shit first. The Space Force sent something yeah, up there. Yeah, and they said that they didn't want to shoot it down because the debris would cover over seven mile radius, and they just didn't want it to hit. Yes. Over something and hurt somebody, so they said, "All right, we just wait till it gets over, and then we shot it down." And then we went and picked it up. Well, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day because he was like seething. He was like, I can't believe that Joe let it get all the way across the country before he shot it down over, of course, Myrtle Beach. And I'm like, chill. You ever heard of cell phone jammers? Like, there's, there's, <laughs> That's there's exactly a what spy balloon equivalent of that that I'm pretty sure they took care of it. But like, I just don't know, bro, because over the last two years, the United States government has just casually admitted, hey, there are UFOs. I know we lied to you about it for decades, but yeah, you know, you guys are right all along. There are UFOs, which it, would mean there are aliens. Well, so we don't, the thing is, we don't know what they are. It's unidentified. Oh, yeah, and I'm not, I know so, we don't so know everything. So that's the thing is like, we want to say it's aliens, but do we really know? We don't know what it is. We, clear, we just don't know. And these things move like bing, bing, bing. So all of a sudden now, We've shot one down. We've shot two or three down the last couple, like the last week. Yeah. And we don't know what it is. So I would love to hear at some point we're going to get briefed. I mean, Kyle, how about one of us run for Senate? Then we can get some briefings, bro. Absolutely not. And then we're going to learn out what it is. Absolutely not. There absolutely was, not? Absolutely not. There was, a, there was a point in my life where I, I had a very, um, you know, motivated streak in me that I'm going to make change in the world and I'm, I'm going to go, you know, be transparent, run for office. Kids. No, and then I watched politics, you know, devolve <laughs> into the absolute shit fire that it is now. And I want no part of it because you want to put your wife and kids through the oppo research they're going to do on you, digging up every tweet, every person that you ever had beef with, everything you've ever done wrong, you know, as you're running for office. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Why the fuck would I want to go through that? Why would I want to put my parent, my family through that? I, I mean, I just don't. I think you have to be a psychopath to be a, to, to be a politician in the modern era. Like, these people are resistant to things like term limits and, you know, banning congressmen well, and women from, you know, playing in the stock market, even though they should, both things should be implemented. Republicans are looking at trying to do term limits. I'm very interested to see how far that goes because yeah, they, have a, they have a lot of infighting going on right now, so they got to figure out what the direction that they want to go. That has to be changed. And so... It's very interesting. So this is another thing that happened to me, Kyle. So on the way to Phoenix, you know, President Biden had just given his State of the Union address. And so I'm flying out there. That was Tuesday. So I'm flying out Wednesday, and I see one of my former teammates. His name's Wesley Britt. He's like 6'7", 300-some pounds. He's my teammate at Alabama. Played in the league for just a few years. Um, but his wife just got elected to the Senate from the state of Alabama. So I see him, and of course he stands out like a light. He's like six, seven, like this just tall, burly dude walking down the airport. I'm like, Wes? He's like, oh shit, Roman. Like, gives me a hug. We start talking. I'm like, what are you doing in Charlotte? He's like, oh, I just came back from the State of the Union. And, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot your wife got elected. And so we started talking. He's like, dude, I was up in the top. And he's like, walking through those halls, man, it's like, it's nostalgic. It's amazing to like go through there and like see all like everybody's been through there like since all these things have been going on and just he's like I'm being honest he's like you know I might have different views and opinions but that was the best version of Joe Biden that anybody had kind of really seen and I know the bar was low but it was the best version he was like I just wish we had somebody else doing it but like the things he said it's really hard to get not not to not get behind because he was talking to everybody yeah, and really just trying to do some things right. He said it was kind of cool just to be there and to be a part of all that stuff. Um, I didn't ask him about his wife's views or his either, really. But we just talked overall general 
uh, general stuff, man. And it was really cool to get his perspective on it. He was in the building and all the things that he said and, you know, the feelings that he had once he got to be inside the building. But he's like, dude, I haven't seen my wife, but she's been home once oh, since yeah. she got elected. Like senators are up there. Congress people are more back and forth a little bit, talking to the constituents a little bit more because they're supposed to be the house of the people. But we'll see, man. It's uh, we got a long way to go. Well, look, and just to be clear, and I've said this before when I talk about politicians, I, I think they're um, I think they're useless. I think they're spineless and I think they're helpless. Right. But when I say helpless, I'm talking about the very few honorable, decent people who are just so vastly outnumbered by the shit stained swamp creatures that are in D.C. that they can't really affect any change. Yeah. I, I'm not under the illusion there are zero good people on Capitol Hill, but there are so few of them at this point that aren't dirty, who aren't bought and paid for, who aren't beholden to special interests and lobbyists that I just don't trust any well, of them. Well, I think that's the cool thing about, uh, about Wes's wife because she's, like, brand new. Like, oh, right. She, you know what I mean? Like, she hadn't been... How long until she can fight off the stench and you know corruption what I'm saying? in D.C.? Like, I'm not making any implications about your friend's wife I, I, at all. I do think term limits... to the best of people in D.C. I would love to see term limits, but I... I, I I would like I would like to see them do it at like four, right? Like somebody's up there for twenty years, bro. Like, all right, that's enough. You need to like move on. Yeah. Um. I don't. I because I don't think you can get everything done in two terms. You know, that's not enough time. I, I think I, I'd want to limit it to like three. Terms. Three terms, so yeah. eighteen years for a yeah. You, if you've been if you've been reelected, you've served two terms, and people want you back, you get a bonus term, right? That's it. I, I I'm I, after that, get out of here. Right, go home. It's you're, this is not meant to be a career for yeah, anybody. Yeah, and then they just become lobbyists, which is even worse. Well, no, it's it's just one big incestuous <laughs> cycle. You know, it's yeah. a, you're a politician, you're a lobbyist, you're a part of the media sphere. You know, you're going to work at Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. It's just they just rinse and recycle these people. You know, out of the same group of private schools in D.C. and Maryland, and I you know, just I don't know. Did you see? Did you see uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Her uh, rebuttal speech. I watched part of it, yeah. Oh, man. I watched part I mean, I, I thought she said some things that were true. I mean, the, the truth is I've become very disenchanted by it. Yeah, all of I, it. I, I'm not a both sides guy, but by all of it, right? <laughs> by, by, there, there are things that are, on the, that are coming, emanating from the far left that are just awful. Um, at the same time, I'm watching uh, Jewish space lasers, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and in her, you know, um, what's the Cruella DeVille coat, you know, screaming in the middle of the State <laughs> of the Union address, like her and Lauren Boebert. There's no decorum left, and it's not just them. Like, no matter how much you might hate Donald Trump, Nancy Pelosi tearing up that speech behind him, like, this, the Republicans it's didn't start. It's a joke, right? It's an absolute joke. I, I long for the days of actual decorum and civility where people at least pretended that we had real statesmen up there that, you know, were willing to work together on behalf of the American public. Now it's not that. And it, it had, you can't convince me that it's always been this way. It's worse than it's ever been. I, I would not argue against that point at all. I, I think you're probably right about that. And so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting times, man. I look, we've gone from all kinds of subjects. We talked about the Panthers and their hirings. We talked about Super Bowl. We talked about Pro Bowl. And, um, oh, another thing, Kyle, tomorrow I go back to work. Yeah. I will be co-hosting Paul Feinbaum's show for the first time. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Cole Kublik. I know Cole. Yeah. So me and Cole Kublik will be out there. We will co-host it. And uh, we're going to see how it goes. We're going to take some calls, get us a couple subjects out there. And, uh, and Paul I on wanna, vacation this week? Huh? Is Paul on vacation? I think Paul's taking a couple of days off, man. I don't blame him. Paul, Good for Paul. Paul does deserve it, man. Good so for Paul. I, I'm looking forward to it. The, the one thing I, I do want to ask, and I'll even ask you, Kyle, as my first time asking this question is, you know, 
being in the NFL circle, right, um, because that's what I'm mostly known for. My, my school days, you know, nobody cares about my school days at Alabama. People don't even realize that Alabama was not good. All right, that's how long it's been. But I'm more known for my NFL career. Sure. And so I'm, a, I'm in this NFL circle, and when you get to walk around and you're talking to all these, these, these figureheads and these high-ups and these Hall of Famers and all these great people, you don't hear one negative word said about Patrick Mahomes. No. Everybody talks about how great he is. I mean, talent-wise, he's probably a top three quarterback of all time already. Okay? Talent-wise. The only thing that you ever hear anybody say that's negative is about his wife, Brittany. And so... No, no, it's his brother. Right, you hear that. Yeah. But the brother's irrelevant long-term because the wife ain't going nowhere. So can Patrick Mahomes win enough to change the view on his wife and his family dynamic? Oh, my God. I want to know. That is a thing you're going to talk about? I want to hear... You want to ask me? I want to ask you. I also want to ask the people that. I, I, so here's the thing. Because... I, I, nobody says not one. You can't, they, people love the player. And can the player shine long enough? I've never seen a dynamic like this, Kyle, where you have this superstar and like nobody says one bad thing about a superstar, which people normally have something to hate on with a superstar. You always have something to hate on. So here's the thing. But I they just, don't hate on him at all. The I only just, thing I they just say pulled is up, this. I just pulled up an article from BuzzFeed yesterday <laughs> entitled, People Love Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> They hate his wife, Brittany. I'm telling you, Kyle, Kyle, I've never seen anything like this. I didn't know like this. It. I didn't know they hated Kyle, her. Kyle, I've never seen anything like this. Never. Why do they hate her so much? You know, Kyle, I, I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to her or I don't pay attention really. to her either. So I don't know. But literally, you could be in a room with anybody and you're like, oh, man, Patrick owns this, this, and this. And the first thing anybody's going to say is like, oh, I hate this, hate this person. Or I hate. It has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes at all or his game. And – Kyle, just, just think about it. I want you to read on this a little bit. Even you can ask your fans. I bet they're all – the thing about it, it's, in a, it's, it's a subject that you don't think about, but literally everybody has an opinion on it. So I'm reading it right everybody. now. Everybody. Right, so I'm, re- <laughs> I'm reading it right now. It says, Brittany mostly flies under the radar until the NFL season begins. When the Chiefs do well, she soon becomes one of the most memed about people on the internet. She has been called embarrassing, a banshee, and worse – on TikTok, haters pair footage of her with equally unpleasant yes. insults. See, I didn't know this. Kyle, it's bad. Yeah, but it's yeah, bad, okay. but I see she puts on she puts on for the camera. I get she that. does. I get that. But like her, his brother is the one that drives me insane. And I try to give some grace to like a twenty three year old young man because twenty three, yeah, you're a grown man, but like you know, you're still kind of coming up, figuring yourself out. What is wrong with that dude? <laughs> There's so much wrong with that guy. Patrick's giving a fucking Super Bowl interview after he wins his second He's ring. To be in the and, and, and here's Jackson Mahomes doing some stupid TikTok dance in the background. Dude, go sit down. Go sit down. How, 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 first of all, Patrick is a legend in the NFL. Not all brothers are made the same. But motherfucking Pat Mahomes Sr. is one of the coolest dudes that ever lived, too. How did Jackson Mahomes happen? I don't know, man. How did I, he happen? Pat Mahomes' father, I mean, Pat Mahomes Sr., at the end of the Cincy game of the AFC Championship oh, that, game, no, they'll that, be smoking on that Joe Burrow. That Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I literally played Madden, and I'm playing with the Bengals just so I can mic to my brother the whole game. That Joe Burrow. That Joe Burrow. <laughs> and then after the Super Bowl, it's Philly Blunt. tonight. Philly Blunt. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this guy is awesome. Love like, him. Love. The best. Love. And, he, and he's so underneath the radar. He's underneath the radar, and then they put him up, and he says a couple one-liners and gives nothing but love to his son. But I'm telling you, Kyle, this is something. It ain't going nowhere. No. These Chiefs ain't going nowhere. No. So it's going to continue to be. And I'm just wondering, 
can Patrick Mahomes win enough to where they stop or at least accept who she is? Because I don't think she's changing. I don't blame her at this point. Like, it works. And they've been together forever. So, Mm-mm. this is such an interesting dynamic. I have dynamic. to think and, more and, about and this. you did not know, but literally, it's the, it's the funniest dynamic. I knew it's people hated Jackson Mahomes. I, I knew people hated Jackson Mahomes. But I didn't know they hated her. How about yeah. that? It's the sister. I mean, All right. uh, the, the, the wife. This was, uh, this was good. This was fun. I'm we sorry I held off on the wedding, Kyle. That's the, fucking nice. Re- <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Well, I, I Go just, on my Instagram, Kyle. You'll love the story. All right, episode 73. Don't, don't withhold the...